Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. I'm Natalie Walton and this is Imprint a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to focus on one of the big lessons that I've learned. But first, I want to let you know about a free ebook that I've created. It's for anyone who wants to learn how to create a home you love and visual stories that connect and create impact. Seven Days, Your Guide to Styling Success is available for free to anyone who visits my website, nataliewalton.com. Just fill out the sign-up form and you'll get it delivered direct to your inbox. Styling really has changed my life and it can do the same for you. So if you'd like to create a career doing what you love 
or enhance the experience of your home and create beautiful interiors, or both, go to my website where you can download this free ebook. I can't wait to share it with you. And please also hashtag the styling masterclass with what you create. Okay, back to today's episode. Hello everyone. I hope you're all well. It's a beautiful sunny winter's day here in Byron Bay where I'm recording this episode. Uh, we've had builders working on our studio project and they've all gone home. So, and my children will be coming back from school shortly. So I've got a short window of time to record this episode, but I wanted to, because I got a letter from somebody recently who had a question and it's something that comes up a lot in my course and just in general, when people ask me questions on Instagram and other spaces. So I thought that it was the perfect timing to do it. And it's also something that, um, that I also talk about in the free ebook that I mentioned at the top of this show. So um, anyway, I'll get on to the reader's letter and then we can dive into this topic. So the reader said, I see so many different styles of rooms I like from bedrooms to living rooms or kids' rooms. Because I like all different styles of decorating, my house looks like a hodgepodge of furniture. I then realize in a year I don't like anything like the farmhouse chic and sell everything. It then looks very minimalistic like no one lives in the house. I then go to the other extreme and buy really nice furniture that I love but not kid-friendly and it reminds me of my mom. As I said, this is actually something that I focus on in the free ebook that I've just created. And this is actually what I say in that book. This is just a little snippet of it. It's easy to get stuck when it comes to defining your style, but let me help you. It doesn't have to be a monolithic statement that's set in stone. So let go of that idea if it's holding you back. Instead, think about your style as an expression of you. This is the foundation of your style your interests, passions, and what you value. And these can adapt to different projects. If it helps you to understand this a little bit, I want, to think you, I want you to think of a couple of examples. So now this might be interior designers, it might be artists, it might be fashion designers, anyone who kind of works in a creative field. It can even be writers and authors. And what you will find is that these people have defined and they've really in tune with their own visual voice. And to come to think of it, it also happens with singers and musicians and actors that they are who they are and they bring their skills to a certain space or whatever they create. And you can see the thread of them through all of their work. So if we take, for instance, the example of a fashion designer, they will create different collections, they will be inspired by different things, but you will still see the things that really matter to them in their work. Now, for some of them, they might have a very minimal aesthetic and they really pare back everything down to its essence. You might get other ones who really embrace something that's more um couture or it's got more detail in some particular way. I think about, say, for instance, the British fashion designer, Paul Smith, when he creates collections, one of his signatures is that he often has, you know, it might be a traditional looking navy jacket, but when you look on the inside, then he might have colorful lining 
or there'll be just something different. And I remember going to see him speak at an event in London and he said he really likes to create this experience for people that it's for them. You know, that when they look on the sort of the button or something on the inside that they know that they've got something special on. And it's not necessarily for show, but it's for the person. So that's like his signature. But you can also find this with interior designers that over the course of their career, they might do a, a cabin in the woods. They might dis, um, design a hotel near the ocean. They might design an apartment in the city. Now, each of these spaces is going to be very different, but you can see their imprint. You can see and recognize their visual voice, what they bring to the project. And I think the same is true for us. When we create spaces, we really need to think in this way. One of the big things that I would say about this is to really think about what you value and what's most important to you. What are the things that you really love about anything really? And this could be, do you like things that are really handmade that you can see, you know, the knots and the, it's imperfect, like the edges. I'm looking at a stool at the moment and, you know, you can sort of see where the wood joins and there's cracks in it and there's sort of little nail holes. Do you like to see that type of thing? Or do you prefer when it's been sanded back and smoothed and maybe oiled or varnished? And each of those things give you a very different experience of the product. So what is it that really resonates with you? And there is no right or wrong answer to this. It's really informed by your life, your journey, the things that you have experienced. And I think that I might've mentioned this before, but for me, I used to go on holiday when I was um, much younger. We'd go on family holidays to France and we'd stay in these old country homes. And so I think that that really had a huge impact on my aesthetic, that kind of country simplicity. So it wasn't necessarily like a formal country style because these were very much like old farmhouses and they had antique furniture, but it was really worn. It wasn't precious and there would be these sort of old kitchen timber tables and they were very worn and, but I just loved it, stone floors. And that really resonates with me. Now that might be some very different to somebody who perhaps went to, um, I'm thinking of like Indonesia or Bali for holidays growing up and they might have a deep connection to the craftsmanship and the types of timbers and materials that you find in places like that. So we've all been on a different journey. And really when we embrace those elements of our journey and what is our own story and what we value, what's most important to us, then that's when a space really resonates for us. And that can be the thread that goes through all the different spaces that we create. So I'm just going to go through this a little bit more and explain a little bit more about it for you. One of the things that I would say is that when you're creating a space, really think about where you live. Our reader here, she mentioned about farmhouse chic. Now for me, it really, what you create needs to be authentic for where you're living. I have lived in a beachside apartment in Bondi. I have lived in an inner city terrace in Sydney. I have lived in a sort of timber cabin in the country, and now I'm living on a property that's in the hinterland of the Byron Bay region. So it's this kind of meld of 
mainly country, but there is a little bit of an, um, you know, a seaside aesthetic here as well as part of the region. So I do believe that when you live in a home, you should really respond to where you're living, that you don't necessarily go and create a rustic cabin look in an inner city apartment because it doesn't feel like your home is connected to that place. Even um, last, it was about two weekends ago, and we went on a drive through the country and we saw this house. Now, this was kind of deep into the hinterland. It was a really beautiful drive that we went on on a wet weekend. And I saw this house and it was like a black box in the middle of all these other houses. Now, sometimes you can kind of get away with that sort of going very modern in the countryside when you're not surrounded by anything else. But this house was actually very close to its neighbors. And so there was a row of houses and most of them were country cottages. And there was this one that was like a black box. It looked like a fort. And I feel that when people create homes like that, they're being kind of quite aggressive in many ways to their neighbors. You know, they're sort of creating this like impenetrable place. And I think it's really important to reference where you live in your place. So the farmhouse chic uh, comment, it does make me think, well, are you living in the country? Is that authentic for where you're living? And really think about that. Now you can certainly incorporate some of those elements into your space. So you might like something about that farmhouse chic look. You might like the timber materials or the simplicity of it because sometimes, um, obviously, you can have more of a traditional farmhouse look. You can have ones where, that, like I was explaining about in France, where it's really worn and antique pieces. You can have ones that are... Um, sometimes, you know, they're quite, they've got like plaid upholstery, for instance. So there's all different types of looks, but what is it about that that really resonates with you? And maybe you can take some of that into your space and use it with the materials that you choose for your space or the color palette, or think about what is it specifically that you like about that look. I would also say that when you decorate your home, really try and stay away from themes or trends because it really can date your home very quickly. You can get grow tired of it very quickly. And that's why I really believe that the types of homes that we create that are authentic and they've kind of actually got a mix of styles, they are often the ones that are the most interesting and, and feel the most inviting and authentic. And this is something that I talk a lot about in my book, This Is Home, is this idea that you know, we might have a table that we bring from one house and we repurpose it into another space. You know, really look at what you've already got and see how you can use that as the foundation, but referencing your new location and, you know, the architectural style of the home as well, because obviously you can get different architectural styles of homes within the countryside. So what is it that you're living in? Is it a more contemporary home? Is it a traditional cottage? Um, you know, look at all of those elements and and really sort of reference that. So for instance, our home is built in the 70s. Now I'm not going to just go and pull out all of the details, all of the traditional hardwood uh, walls that they've got lining and the shiplap. I'm not going to pull that out. That was what actually drew me to this home and it's part of its character. So really kind of consider what's existing and what is timeless within that space as well. I, I think that you can't go wrong with going timeless 
You can certainly adapt it to elements that resonate with you. And that could be the palette, the materials, the types of textures that you want to introduce to the space, how much you want to pair it back, how many layers you like. But certainly um, I think that Timeless always wins in this kind of discussion. And also I think that one of the things that we used to always write about when I was working at Real Living Magazine, and it's certainly true then and now, is that really try and avoid decorating all at once if you can help it, because that's really when you start to get that kind of cookie cutter look. And again, that can date really quickly. So I would really avoid that. I would also add to that to be really aware of or beware of faux. So, you know, imitation looks whereby obviously somebody can see that something is starting to trend and it's like shearling, you know, that's having a bit of a moment and you will get then people who produce um, chairs or ranges or whatever and it's a faux shearling. And it's not necessarily, I mean, of course, some people might do it for environmental reasons or because they're vegan or whatever, but they're actually doing it because they're just trying to do a, a cheap and easy version of it. But I always feel that when something is faux, it dates badly because there are cutting of corners. It doesn't feel as nice. It doesn't look as nice. So where possible, go for the authentic version of something. And you can buy sort of sort of more inexpensive versions of things. If you go hunting on eBay, on Facebook Marketplace, on Etsy, there are so many different avenues. There's lots of, there's more and more people um, who are creating curated shops of secondhand furniture. There's one called Curated Spaces within um, Australia, and I think it's Counter Space within the US. So there are more and more options for buying those authentic vintage pieces Go for those rather than faux versions of something because it always will end up dating and not wearing so well. And that is when things start to look bad a few years down the track. I also really believe that you can create unity within a space when you work within a color palette, within a limited color palette, I probably should add. So to give you an example, I was just thinking about what's in my bedroom. Now, by many regards, none of it should really work. I have got a Danish daybed. I have got um, Turkish pots. I have got a um, African chair and African bedside table that um, the chair is from Malawi and the uh, bedside table is from Kenya. And um, and then I've got a pendant that was actually from Sydney. And so in many regards, these objects shouldn't really go together. And I've actually also got, um, now that I think of it, on the other side, I've got a chest of drawers, an antique chest of drawers, which is originally from Egypt. It's a timber chest of drawers and it's got a marble top and a French style mirror, antique French mirror on top of the um, chest of drawers. Now, these are all from different periods in time. They're different types of, um, you know, countries and provenances, but they all work together. And the reason that they work together is because they are within a limited color palette. This is such a good tool and a trick to use when you're creating interiors. 
if you work within a limited palette, it really does help make everything much more unified. So the colors on my Danish daybed and my pots, they all work and feel in harmony together. And what creates the interest is actually the juxtaposition of these two seemingly, you know, random things. It actually works. It's what gives it that unique point of difference and doesn't look like a kind of a look. It's not, um, it's not like I couldn't put it within a category of saying, oh, this is, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know what word to use to describe it because the Danish daybed is actually quite simple and pared back and the Turkish, Turkish pots are more um, wabi-sabi in a way, you know, the sort of the coating on them flakes away, the white paint on them, and they're old olive oil pots um, or for olives. And so in many regards, they shouldn't work, but they do because of the the tones and the the sort of the craftsmanship of them. That is part of the values that I really appreciate. I do feel that if you can create unity with a palette, it's a really good trick or tool that you can use. And also to think about what you value. So again, coming back to this idea of do you really love things that are a bit more wabi-sabi or handmade and you can see the maker's mark? Are those the types of things that you like? Or do you prefer um, more like that kind of pair back sort of Danish vibe perhaps or whatever it is, but really think about that and that can really help create a more authentic space and also a more unified space. As I said, I really think that um, it's really important to filter your choices through your values and just go slow as well. Buy what you really love and, and really consider why you love it and check back with your values and ask yourself if you'll love it in 10 years time. Something else that I've also learned is often the more you pay for something, the more you value it. And so you're less likely to want to just get rid of it after a period of time. And before you do throw things out, pay attention to what you don't like about it and remember what it is that doesn't appeal to you and re recall this before you buy something new. I hope that you have found this helpful. And just a reminder that defining your style is included in my free ebook. So you can get that if you visit my website. And I, like I said, I would love to hear what you think. All right, everyone. So that's today's show. And, um, I just wanted to say thank you again for joining me today. You will find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast forward slash 18 because this is episode 18. I would love to know what you think. So please, you can send me a message at Natalie Walton on Instagram. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and spread the love on Instagram too. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunjalong Nation where it was recorded. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.